um, because you've you've paid the money, okay? So you get to keep going on this adventure with us. Okay, we just finished the free free podcast, okay? Uh, the free Treon. The, the free, yeah, the free Treon for the freaks, the free free freaks. But you, you're here. You're in your safe spot. You're in your safe house. You were here at M3 Premium. Thank you very much. If you didn't, if I you dimmed didn't, the no. lights. You did dim the lights. Actually, something you should know. If you go to uh, your Patreon app, this is just, just you know, for friends of the Patreon who maybe would like to listen to the premium content in your favorite audio player, you can go to, I think it's feed, hold on, or account. It's one of these two fucking things. I don't know. It's somewhere here. You can take uh, our, our, RS, our custom RSS feed and you can plug it right into your... Um, your whatever. Your it's in there. I just Google it. I, I thought I knew how to do it, but it's <laughs> That was a great description. Uh, and and figure it me out. Me as a person who doesn't oh, I barely uh, know what you're talking about. That was a terrible description. No, I hear it. Never mind, never mind. No, I, I, stop, stop, stop. Premium boys, you're back. I, it's only a minute in. So if you go to uh, on the mobile app, go over to the bottom right, click on uh, your account. Uh, you click on M3 there, or it should actually just pop right up, so you shouldn't have to go, go to my account. All right, it should just be on the page. It says, get RSS audio link. Get off my fucking back. I'm trying to help them out. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back. It's M3. No, it's just staying. <laughs> it's all fucking staying. All right? Because they deserve this, because they've laid their money on the table. They've said, Daddy, give me more, and we deliver. I delivered. We deliver. Two Vax Daddies deliver right into our baby bird's mouths. Uh-huh. And what we're here to deliver today... Gobbles. <laughs> Gobbles. <laughs> oh, that's a classic. <clears throat> but we're here today to talk about the phenomenal release by one Machine Gun Kelly that took everyone in this room by surprise. I, I feel like I don't just speak for myself when I say that. Uh, it Take us to my downfall, Machine Gun Kelly. We'll review it today. It came out and i believe both you and me had the same reaction of like if this is the pony i have to back mm-hmm. to get pop punk back all right in the mainstream then this is the pony i'm back saddle the fuck up i will follow him okay so let's imagine a time all right tyler let me set let me set bring me back the environment for everybody else okay let me take you to a, the beginning of the dark dark ages let me take you to a cataclysmic event, okay? And I need to, I need to, I need to search up the release date of something to be able to fully tell this story about itself. <laughs> so uh, t- take yourself back, okay? The year is two thousand and four. The day is September twenty first. Darkness, much <laughs> like Ganondorf, right? If you've seen the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, has begun to engulf the land. A black and red album looms high above the sky, inching closer and closer, ready to crush everything in its path. September the 21st, 2004, American Idiot is released. Oh, okay. That's and like with black it, and red album. Mm-hmm, and with it, much like Pompeii. Man, that was 04. Yeah. I thought oh, it was early. I thought it was closer than 11. <laughs> Dude, they had this is like a bunch of shit. This from- is my like fourth 9-11 reference. <laughs> I know. It's not even edgy. Like it's not even it's it's so oh, yeah. I I base <clears throat> I base all sense of my time like timelines on 9-11. Yeah. For me that's it's the comparison. Easy. That's like if I can make a joke about that, like don't get sensitive. Like that's the sensitivity bar, really. It's like, can you joke about 9-11? But anyway, let me tell I'm taking you somewhere, okay? The clouds are getting darker and darker. Again, imagine this this is quite like Vesuvius with Pompeii below it. 
the the world is I mean less than Jake uh, the, the Ataris everyone is swept up in this madness they are just they are laid bare the the earth is scorched and nothing may may be grown again Blink 182 has made it on their escape pod somehow some 41 didn't make it don't be fooled <laughs> Uh, they, they walked around drenched and burned for a really long time. Yeah, they've been limping, limping um, real hard. Yeah, and and simple plan. They're just a bunch of boys. It's just a bunch of boys. The earth, imagine a scorched earth. Everything is post-apocalyptic. Scored hordes of raiders have risen up, and the little pockets of resistance. Okay, your paramours, your Motion City tra- soundtracks, led by by plus forty four and the Almighty. Mark Hoppus. This, they're, the Almighty the Angels and Airwaves. They're not here. <laughs> they're keeping... I'm, I'm creating this sort of Walking Dead scenario. This just this resistance that's just barely holding out and being being hunted down one by one <laughs> and forced to become top 40 acts like Fallout Boy and, and oh, Panic at the Disco! No! Everyone's being snatched out of the sky! But wait. In the distance. Is there is a hope? What is it, Father? What's flying in from the distance? Father. (laughs) On the backs, essentially being propelled like a rocket from the burns given to him by Eminem, just (laughs) launched forth, coming back home, is Machine Gun Kelly. A broken, hurt, damaged man comes home. And says, I will save this genre. (laughs) And he fucking did. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what your opinions on this album are. The final answer, the final result of Machine Gun Kelly's Tickets to My Downfall is the man has the potential to save the genre. Kelly, don't leave us. If you can't tell, I'm very excited to talk about this album. Very passionate. <laughs> I thought about that. But I, I honestly believe this is the first innovative piece of pop punk music written in in the mainstream, in the public zeitgeist. Not even mainstream, it's the public zeitgeist in the last 10 years. I can't find something more impactful, more that reminded people. It's just, it's... It's not, hey, remember this? It's like, hey, do you remember why this was really good? Yeah. This was the best parts of what pop punk was. This is an absolute pure love letter to pop punk. Just the amount of nods to the bands that came before him Mm -hmm. are impressive. (laughs) And just, it it comes, this isn't... It doesn't ever come close to unoriginality in terms of these are his songs. You could tell that's got his spin on it. He's not copying. I, I, there were some examples. We'll talk about it where he, he just takes it's, it's almost not. sampling. It's yeah. more sampling, which is really just that comes from his rap background. Like absolutely, it's it's like there's a lot of things in this album that you can tell he's pulling from his other musical experiences mm-hmm. very much such as sampling yeah so that that's it i got to do my long passionate speech which i was really excited about i'm a big fan of this album mainly because i it was immediate i, I want to go over first like how you how we came to know because we independently or i think i heard the song and told you to listen to it i can't remember it may have been it may have been the second one actually i think i may have told you to listen to my bloody valentine Pro- but both i mean i didn't go find this 
I know it that. found me. Yeah, you you showed me. But it also, I feel like if you would have heard it, you would have sent it to me. It would have oh, found yeah, us for sure. We have been listening. Our ears have been tuned, consistently listening for this song for the last fifteen years, yeah. and we didn't know. It. I'm pretty sure you sent me My Bloody Valentine, and then I think I might have sent back Contemporary Aliens. Contemporary, but you you had already heard mm-hmm. it and seen it I, immediately. You're just like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Bro, I've already been here. I heard that song on the radio, and I thank God for Shazam. Shazam is the best fucking app. I, I, I absolutely love it. There are songs that have the been eluding me. Up? Sort of. Like, yeah, like, yeah, the song's playing, you hit Shazam. Mm-hmm. There have, see, that app has taught me two things. Well, show me two things. One is, like, that question. There are songs now. I mean, I could think maybe about six songs right now that I, I am on a lifelong quest to still find. I can't find them. I have I haven't. You think maybe you have those too? Maybe you've forgotten about the questers. I've texted you about them at two a.m. Remember? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. That's right. And I didn't. Oh, did I know? I can't remember. No, no, no. You just you got in with me on the on the every band from the nineties is kryptonite. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's that's a bit for another day. Yes, <laughs> but like uh, that. Like I have these. I've been on quests to find these songs forever. Um, and then also. Uh, the lesson number two, I've learned that the coach store in the mall has the best fucking music. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I've gone inside like the coach, coach store. Purse? Coach purses, yes. Well, the leathers, it's, they do all, a bunch of leather shit. Yeah, I just know the um, purse. Mm, fancy. But, I only buy the purses. <laughs> yes, I only buy the uh, the Speedos, you know. Yeah. They have Speedos? I wish, dude. I fucking wish, Coach dude. leather Speedos. Mm-hmm. Leather, leather Speedos. <laughs> I know they exist. I've thought about it. That means they exist on the internet. Yeah, it's rule 34. Yeah. So, yeah, I went in there, and every time I've got every single fucking time I've gone in there, uh, there's been a banger on. A fucking banger, like, electronic, electronica pop, but, like, Ooh. the good shit. I will play you some of the shit that I found at the coach <laughs> store. Um, but, yeah, like, she's, I, I came across, I just, I heard the song. I don't listen to the radio a lot. Just in passing, it came on, because the radio happened to be on something I was in. And it just, it reached out and grabbed me. It said, come. I think it was immediate. I'm going to take you there. It was, it was like, a, man, like Hollister, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know you're, you're in the coach store. <clears throat> I'm in the Hollister store getting my khakis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just feeling it. I got to find a nice striped polo. <laughs> nice st- can't wait. Studded belt. Can't wait to to listen to my new favorite Machine Gun Kelly as I buy mm. my cargo shorts. Actually, no. Studded belt will be hot topic. Never mind. Yes, that's I hot look, topic. Sorry. The um the what is it like frayed belts? What are you, the tweed or twine? Whatever. Yeah, fucking yeah. Belts. That's what, the ones that would come with the pants. The pants. You can never buy them separately, which was because I'd lose them. All the yeah, time. and they always and they were like the. The pressure locking belts. Mm-hmm. They're like, awful. Yeah, awful, they're like awful knifed belts. into the belt. They're like naturally started to cut the belt. Yeah, and they cut you too. And oh, like yeah. also pinch your pinch your good good parts. Yeah. Anyway, you guys didn't come here for clothing reviews, did you? No. <laughs> you, you came yeah, you came here to talk about uh honestly this is like one of my favorite complete pieces of music that I've heard in a really long time. It just grabbed me and it was I love that. I love when something finds you. I found a great little blurb from Kelly Mm -hmm. about why this album couldn't happen before. Cause he's always been pop punk fan, but he got into rap. But even then he talked about like why he couldn't do like a rap album and then a pop punk album and all this stuff. And he related it to the Goodyear blimp. And I (laughs) thought it was a great little thing. So I'm I'm just going to read it 
word for word because I liked it. Yeah. All right. So Machine Gun Kelly. As soon as that Goodyear blimp catches on fire or that thing starts falling from the sky, I guarantee you every single eye is going to look up at it. Every single phone is going to capture that moment. Every single person is going to talk about that, right? The Goodyear blimp fall from the sky. But do the headlines ever say when you wake up on this casual fucking Wednesday and that Goodyear blimp is floating alive and well? No. That's kind of sad. That it takes you to crash and burn to get people to pay attention to you. Tickets to my downfall couldn't have been my debut album because I had to get to a certain height and then decline and crash. And people are aware of this height that I'm at and they don't want to see it rise anymore. They want to see it crash. There have been... Uh, there had to have been a journey for people to care about and still be tuned into to, to you know, essentially see this. So it's like he he wanted to do this. But if he had done this before, like if he had done this before the Eminem beef, would anybody had known or paid attention? Like it, we might have it might have got on our radar, but he this is the first thing he puts out after like was it like rap devil and like that was some serious that that Eminem beef was serious and again life is pro wrestling okay that's it right there that's it you want to see someone fall and be beaten down before they get built back up all right this is a different show that's my one reference for the episode but that i relate to again it goes it's almost like there's another saying i really like is like how can you miss me if i don't go away Mm mm-hmm like how could I don't think I wouldn't have been as excited about this album if like dude I remember when Eminem put that diss track out have you ever heard it yeah it's fucking awesome it's a really but it is ruthless yeah ruthless <laughs> which I didn't realize what started it what started it do you know because I'm not really that familiar I saw, with it I, guess, I didn't read it I didn't see it on all the context but I guess he went and commented on a photo of Eminem's daughter Ooh. who was 16 and it's like yo your daughter's hot Ooh. <laughs> which you know big no no don't do that yeah and like but also I'm also uh, you know pretty convinced that this was probably somewhat staged anyways they're like on the same record label and shit and they both had stuff coming out well dude like, you also yeah but it may have gone too far because yeah because it's also it's one of those things where it's like again look at boxing fights they don't or UFC fights like Conor McGregor well no actually he is a piece of shit but like they they play it up a little bit yeah. obviously like they actually go in there and have a real fight but they they want to get paid for that real fight mm-hmm. you know and you get a percentage of so I, I agree because I remember I heard the they started doing diss tracks back and forth and that was when I first heard of Machine Gun Kelly yeah I didn't know I actually who the liked his fuck he was his was not bad no I did I listened to it I went hey alright but he but he came at the king, you know? Yeah, I mean... The very homophobic king. Yeah. Um, you know, who, uh, you know, again, he just, he, he essentially, he might as well just tie Elton John to a string and just kind of... <laughs> Look like, at my every ju- Every June, <laughs> just just walk around with a big Elton John balloon. <laughs> they, don't, no, don't forget about all the things that are still in my songs that I continue to write, you know? I don't <laughs> I don't how to yeah. burn it all. Hey. That's, dude, if I was him, I would just pin that that quote from Elton John at the top of your tweets, buddy. You just leave it there forever. <laughs> Get a little bad. How can he be homophobic? He's my friend, you know? <laughs> how could he be your friend, Elton? I don't know. <laughs> um, I uh, probably had some, like, Coke or whatever. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you, you both are <laughs> huge drug problems. White, rich musicians. I'm sure you can bond no, on something. There's nothing else. Nothing. He just wanted to be out. To, Yo, Elton, man, I need a gay friend. 
You want to do this MTV thing with me? <laughs> oh, God. So he really, like, he falls back into this. And I, I can feel that. God, we had a whole episode, like, of me, except I haven't had my tickets to my downfall yet. Maybe this is it. <laughs> Maybe this is it. You never know. The Rock Podcast. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where it really is. All right. So, um, you want to just kind of go track by track? I, I kind of really just wanted to, because we've given enough backstory of, like, you know, how it came together, things like that. We'll do little snippets, but let's just go. Knock these tracks out, um, what we think about it. We'll do best, worst, general right. impressions. Okay. So, first title. song is title track. There you go. It was cute. Because he even calls, he sings like, tickets to my downfall, but calls it title track. It's cute. Uh, this song is my favorite on the album. It's a good song. I will go ahead and call it now. Come Out the Gates Hot. Mm. Um, on the last Blink album, they open up with a song, uh, Cynical. And... That was, I think my it was real short and to the point, and that one was like my favorite off of that album. And this was mm-hmm. the preface: Travis Barker produces and plays drums on this entire album. This is essentially Machine Gun Kelly and Travis Barker's album. One hundred percent. It's it's their band. Yeah, there's a bunch of other people that help out, but it's the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very fitting that the title track is very similar to a lot of like opening blink song stuff like that um it, it was it just it kind of starts off slow but then just punches right barely in. slow though it's one of yeah those, it's a it's a good intro slow i've still in sports in performance and music i i still love that credence is like go out there hit him in the fucking mouth like you can pull back you know what I mean? You can you can do a set where you you know you ease up, you go back, but it's like a fight. Mm-hmm. Hit them in the fucking mouth. This is boom. Welcome to the show. Here we are. We'll go up and down from here, but you, you, they've already been hit. Yeah. This album, this this and this track really does that with the beginning of the album. If all you knew was his rap career, and you wanted to know what this album was going to sound like, this song, this song, I think perfectly. Uh, emulates like all the different tones and even like the different actual like if we break down the song like the actual like speeds of the yeah. songs because he changes kind of slow bit. punches in the face brings it back down but not like slow yeah. but just it just hits all the tempos it's, it's like a short. trailer for the rest of the album almost yes. it's almost like hey this is what you're about to get kind of like uh dark side of the moon pink floyd that first mm-hmm. song yeah is the trailer for that album. Mm-hmm. This isn't, it's not exactly like that. It doesn't actually like take actual snippet from all right. the songs, but it's a very, it just, it's very telling. Oh God. I dug um, this. I dug this one a lot. It's, it's, it's great to, it's, it's just great to open up with. It's the exact, and you'll notice that the placement of these songs is right. I don't really see one that's out of place. Maybe near the end, it gets a little funny, but that's any album. Yeah. I had like one one song placement note, and we'll, we'll get to that. But one. like the year, kiss kiss, they go right to it. Like they don't let up. There's no foots on the brakes from the as soon as like you have know, the little the little intro, mm-hmm. the title track. The foot stays on the brakes for the first four songs. Oh, for sure. Excuse yeah. me, not brakes on the gas. Sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I know what you meant. Yeah, the foot the foot is just on the fucking gas, um, all the way through to the first single. So I appreciated that, but uh, title track is up there. It's it's one of my favorites, but it it, it isn't my all time. Kiss Kiss is is pretty high up there. It's pretty up there. There's um, so it was funny. I tried to find like little, at least like one little fact about all the songs. Yeah. Good. Um, 
there's a line in the song it says i use a razor to take off the edge jump off the ledge they said mm-hmm. when you first heard that what did you think he was referencing? I, was like, I need a razor to jump out the. Le- I need a razor. I need a razor to take off the edge, jump off the ledge. They said. They said, yeah, killing yourself. Exact. That is exactly one hundred percent what I thought. Yeah, and uh, so did all the journalists. And I think they were trying to like blast him on that for like in the very first song to like talking about like killing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, he he kind of caught back and was just like, you know, shut the fuck up. First off, it's poetry, and second off, it has nothing to do with that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he really likes Razor scooters. Yeah, he, and he looked, dude, if you look at him, and he, he looks like a guy who would ride a Razor. I look like a guy who would ride a Razor. Like, it's dope. And I guess also he uh, he deals with a ton of, like, depression and stuff like that yeah. as well. So, you know, they, and that's public knowledge, but I guess also he likes to get, like, straight Razor shaves. Instead of right. meditating, and he's like, "Yeah, I take it's like 10, 10 minutes, and I like to get a straight razor shave where I can be just quiet and still and think." Okay, and, and so that's <laughs> all right. That's that sounds pretty. That actually, sounds pretty chill. Yeah. So he's just like, he's like, could be either one of those. <laughs> so y'all just naturally assume I'm talking about like cocaine and killing myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, he does talk about cocaine and killing yourself a, a little bit. Well, that's the next. <laughs> that's the next face. like two songs. Um, well, I liked uh, "Drunk Face" is probably my favorite song on the record. I just liked the there's a in the chorus. I kept my dealer's number, and again, I hope you go back and you, you listen to the album along with us, please, on Spotify. It's gonna help make sense of these things that I sing. But that is an example of like if you were playing it on the guitar, there's no hammer on or pull off there. You're playing all the notes. I like that a lot. Like I like the ham-fistedness sometimes of it. Like, I like hammer-ons and sweetness and pull-offs, but every now and again, you need to hit every note. I want to hear it. I, wanna, I don't I don't want it to be like jazz, where it's like, it's the notes you don't play. I don't want to hear about the notes you don't play. No, I want to play me notes. I want to play me notes. I don't want to hear the notes. And they they resonate and they hit and it's hard. And it's just right, This song is just right over the head. Ugh. No space. And I, I enjoyed that. So Drunk Face is cool. Um, it also has the little hip hop drums. And I oh, yeah. That. And I don't know if you noticed. Uh, so well, I got like two notes about this song. Yeah. I liked it well enough. Um, actually, the song before Kiss Kiss, I probably like that one better. They're, they're kind of, they're pretty. They're very similar. They're very similar. I like Drunk Face more than Kiss Kiss. So it's it they're actually kind of linked um because in kiss kiss it like lightly kind of tackles like dependency and but not punching it down your throat and about like being young and going out every night when it's partying and then drunk face is almost the next level of like oh i'm getting older i still want to stay in that feeling but mm-hmm. like now starting to realize a little more dependency and stuff like that um but the end of drunk face I don't know if you remember the outro. Yo, yeah, absolutely. I noticed but the feeling this. Dude. This is this is one of the first big nods to other pop punk stuff. Yeah, it's exact. It was a an obvious nod to feeling this from You're never supposed to meet your heroes, but we have to meet. Yeah. Like, the three of us have to fucking meet. <laughs> and like it was like Kelly, like can we just let's all get on the level, okay? We'd probably make you smoke weed or something. <laughs> let's just talk about the pop, all right? It, we stop at 08, nothing after that. <laughs> We would have a killer time. Oh, God. He would love us. 
All right, so um, yeah, no, that 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 odd to feelingness is beautiful, and it makes me want to go listen to self titled on the way home. Oh, you will. Yes. Next up, we got Bloody Valentine. I mean, I, it, this was. I mean, if you'd show me this album, right, and said, "All right, which one of these songs is the single?" I mean, it just sticks out. Oh yeah, yeah. This is this. This is the single. This is the best song, and yeah. it is. And it's not my favorite. It was the first one they released. Oh yeah, released right. Yeah. yeah. This isn't my favorite song. It is the best song. It has everything. You can kind of tell that this. They built the album around this song. Right. Yeah, like. Title track's my favorite. That's not a single. Again, that's the trailer. Like, hey, everything. Yeah. This has a little everything. This is what it's built around. Again, mm-hmm. this is the star of the show. Yeah. Everything else is in support here. You can send this to any radio station. They're going to play it a thousand times. The pop stations will play it. At any the time punk of day. stations, yeah. A punk, and dude, a punk station that wouldn't play this at a principal, go fuck yourself. If that does exist, and I had to have been one or two. I guarantee you did. Fuck you. I'm fuck sure you. they shit. Someone. All over it. Someone came back. Someone came back. And you said, no, not you. We'll <laughs> wait another 20 years for fucking, we'll wait for the, I don't know, one of the Jonas Brothers to get back into pop punk. Like, no. They're as stingy, he's here. They're stingy as me with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, God. <laughs> And they have no right to be punk. Punk rock has no right to be stingy. Take everyone. Yeah, this was, um, uh, and you even said it's like that. Um, we noticed that a lot with Kirk Cobain. It's just a song about you should be happy, but you're not. Mm-hmm. And well, relatability. He doesn't. He doesn't. He really makes me re- relate to his life as a star. We're the same age, pretty much. But like. I may not understand like the the losing of Megan Fox and the money, you know, like that. He stated a bunch of stars. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I won't understand that, but like the way he feels about it, I understand. And it's like, if there was ever an album that I've listened to recently that just reminds me that people are people. Again, it's not something super deep. It's not like Bonnie Iver doesn't need to write a, a beautiful masterpiece, which again, he's one of my favorites. But like, I don't relate to that guy a lot. I really don't. I don't relate to the the big concepts he's talking about. I relate to this. Very yes. He's he's just hurt. His whole album is very relatable. Very, very, very relatable. Dude, I don't know if you saw. I actually have a note about Kurt Cobain in here too. Uh, which I don't know one? if you saw it about like relating to yeah. him because he literally up. Uh, there's another song that's uh, outwardly about I'm out here. I'm rich. I'm famous. I have. Everything that I should need, mm-hmm. and yet I'm not happy. And which we just covered, Kurt Cobain, and he was that was his suicide note. And he didn't need to. Machine Gun Kelly did not need to make this album, not at all. No. He could have just kept doing what he was doing. And the Eminem thing, it would have, it left a mark. It did leave a permanent burn. It left great meme burns. Yeah, just. But he, this, he could have just kept going, and still probably would have been very rich, and. Famous to a point. I don't know how it goes. You know, maybe, maybe it would have gotten bigger. But, like, this was just... A, <laughs> we're halfway through, and I keep reveling. Just, like, he just started over. He just started over and went went back. Went back to, yeah. like, well, I need to go to what else. I've just been burned by literally the so greatest hard. the greatest in my genre. I mean, like, dude, this is like if Mark Maron was listening and like, God, M3 sucks. <laughs> fucking hate Which, with Mark... Don't don't ever listen to this please, podcast. Please review this podcast. <laughs> nah, man, I die. Uh, don't please don't. So 
Bloody Valentine. <laughs> we have the second Blink reference. Mm-hmm. Yed. I love you, Noah. He <laughs> sings the word head like Yed. Oh. Just like Tom, and I miss you. Oh, Thomas. <laughs> and I put you, I see the note here, and I agree with you. The cl- clean guitars on a rock song or clean guitars in the middle of chaos is just. It, it worked very well here. I like when it's done right. I really like it. It doesn't use a lot. That's why most times I enjoy it. Blink does it a lot. Yeah, they they were did that especially because they were three piece. So they cheated a lot with a lot of studio Always? magic. Yes, is that all clean? Pretty well, not no. all clean, but well, a lot of clean. Well, there's some clean, but then there's also like when it c- cuts into the chorus, that ain't clean. Like there's oh, yeah. they dirty it up a little bit. That's why I like the contrast. Yeah, when Tom DeLong does a lot of the arpeggiations, arpeggios, everything. <laughs> he keeps it clean. He's stomping a lot. That's why Tom DeLong is not, you know, I hate to get sidetracked, but like he's not talked about for how incredible of a guitar player he is. Like he is f- fucking incredible. Like incredible. He's probably one of he's probably top ten like punk guitar players. I really, he I don't think he ever got the credit. I really because Blinko was always perceived as a bit sloppy. Yeah. He had to fill a lot of space with a lot of creativity. Yeah. I can't I can't believe they never added another guitar player. No. I would have. And didn't ever seem like they wanted to. <laughs> At all. But. Still haven't. All right. Forget Me Too. Love this. This is, again, another, re- like, it's just like, all right. Again, the res- Paramore, the Resistance. Forget Me Too <laughs> featuring Halsey. Featuring Paramore, essentially. Yeah. This is a. Again, this is a Paramore song, and I'm not knocking it. I'm not. This is a Paramore song with a male vocalist. It's just... I I, I made a note that it's every early 2000s song with a girl guy, and literally, like you said, Paramore. It's like, think of every single song that Haley Williams from Paramore was on. Mm-hmm. This is... And it's just for how funny. This is almost the reverse, because Haley, Haley Williams kind of dipped her toes into hip-hop and doing the R&B stuff, and then here, here you have, like, Halsey... <laughs> coming back i have a which halsey said she's not against doing a pop punk album which all for i hope don't i am praying that she sees this album and is like you know what don't talk about it unless you're about it like don't fucking talk Uh, about it don't fucking talk that shit unless you're willing to you know work that shit okay i'm just saying halsey my uh time to name a name um (laughs) james halsey wherever you are dude he was my guitar teacher, the only one I ever had. Lovely person. I heard he ran off to be a monk or something. I don't know if that's true. A monk. I don't know if that's true. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, James Halsey was his name, so I always hear that, and like that's I, I think of learning the craft. <laughs> um, but anyway, this one's this one's really good. Um, and you know what? Honestly, if Halsey did a pop punk album, I would listen to it. It was really good. It was really good oh, singing. Yeah. She kills it. Um, all I know. Is that I don't know nothing. Trippy Red. Who are you and why are we hanging out? You seem <laughs> you seem like a lot of fun. I, I this song is so charming. So charming. Just that's that's the word I come out of it. Not the lyrics. I know it talks about punching people and shit. Ah. But just the the back and forth between two guys is about two minutes long. It's catchy. It's poppy. It's got the nice drum beat in the background with some harmonies. Very similar to Bloody Valentine in s- structure, structure and tone. I compared it to, and again, not like you know, impact, but in like how Rape Me and Smells Like Teen Spirit are kind of like just 
mm-hmm. re- reworked versions of themselves. Yeah. In, in a sense. But that one's good. But this one uh, got a little drum machine in there. Yes. I, I love the uses of the drum machine. It's very, it feels very organic. It doesn't feel like, oh, now here's pop punk with... You like when it comes in, it, it makes sense. And then the times where I'm waiting for God, there should be drums here. Drums show so, up. So it's funny in like the Blink albums where they started adding hip hop. Mm-hmm. It always kind of bugged me, just because like I, it just seems like it seems like that's something Travis wanted, mm-hmm. and just like I don't know, it's it never felt like maybe Mark or Tom wanted it in there. And like this, it makes sense. I was like, all right, he's pulling from his actual. I feel like th- this is what would happen. This happens when you have a receptive second party. They're like, oh, yeah, I can use it. Because mm-hmm. there are times where it does work. Again, plus 44 is a great example of it working. Because I, again, love that record. A lot of people didn't, though. A lot of people shit on that. But I like the hip hop drumming. Like, that's where Travis got to be Travis. But that's even like, that album's barely punk. It, it goes so far away yeah, from that's... like. It's only like here. Someone said to me the other day, have you heard uh, The Three of Us by Streetlight Manifesto? It's the latest Streetlight um, Manifesto album, okay? Well, Actually, I don't know if I listened to that. Well, if you go back and listen to it, so here, Puma, Ryan Yeager. Let's just look it up real quick. We had an argument about uh, this we're gonna do a listen years to ago. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I'm, I'm just kidding. Play, play, you keep, listen along. You keep going. But no, we had, a, we had an, like, it kind, of, kind of was an argument. It wasn't, like, you know, negative or anything, but he was like, dude. That's not a ska album. And I'm like, yes, it is. It's Streetlight Manifesto. He's like, I know a ska band wrote it, but it's not a ska album. And we went back and forth on it a while. I was like, dude, you're full of shit. And I remember we talked about it like six months later after I'd listened to it. It's one of my favorites. And he was like, I was like, yeah, you're, you're right. It's it's not a ska album. Yeah, I don't think I've heard this one. I just looked it up. It's really good. I got to give it a listen. Um, I always felt like they were on like a fringe end, end of kind of ska stuff anyways. That's what happens when you're the best. When ska sucks and you're the best ska band, of course it's gonna you're gonna sound like other I don't fucking know if bands. The best ska band. I put them. Honestly, I just don't give me that look. I'm full of hot takes today, aren't I? I'm ready. No, and I'm ready. And I'll give you this look every time. I, Who is the greatest ska band of all time? Well, then? It's real big fish. The no, they're second. <laughs> they're a they're a clear second to Streetlight Manifesto. See, you want to fight? You want to do it? Now? You I'm, throw it I'm pushing Streetlight Manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> like to the fringe edge of ska and like almost leaning more towards like the punk stuff and or like not even maybe the punk stuff just like oh uh, just they're in like another yeah category. They're, they're their own thing i just like i can't even think of what category to put them in but like i i put them in ska but with like an asterisk okay maybe it's hard for me maybe maybe puma had a point anyway yeah. Uh, it's going on to, uh, to, to the I mean, lonely. It is a whole band filled with the tunnel horns. It, it could, yes, it, there's Scott, but I, I have a soft spot for Ruby Fish, <laughs> and I don't care that they're like they're pumping out an album after album after album. Very, I don't think they've innovated not not in one fucking release since, like, and they're having the time of their lives. Oh dude. yeah, since like, like two thousand. It's but, like the pie tasters. Then they all just hang out. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, so m- moving on, we're gonna actually Wait, do the. We got a, We oh, got another pop punk reference, and all and all I know, I said it kind of in the beginning, like all I know is I don't know nothing. All I know, I don't know nothing. Ah! People talk, but they don't say nothing. All I know, I don't know nothing at all. Sound system, sound system. Yep. Operation Ivy, knowledge. Fucking love Op Ivy. So there's another nod. Um, I tried to find all the nods, at least one in each song. So nod tally. Yeah. Uh, all right, so lonely was. This one, 
It's a, I like it. I really do. I think this is, I feel like most albums, you know, unless there's like a concept album or anything, but if it's like a debut or something, every album needs a ballad. I, I really believe that. When I hope to do one soon, I will have a ballad. I, I really think it fits. I think you should always have a punch him in the mouth song. I feel like you should have a hit or two that you try to push and you should have a ballad. And this is the ballad, pretty much. Like, this is just the kind of story song, the sad. It's got some deep, deeper tones. Um, if you're not into that, if you're just looking to rock out with your, uh, you know. Crock out. Your crocs out. Uh, you're probably going to skip this song. But if you're looking, you know, for that, you're going to listen to it. So, like, that's, depending on what mood you're in, you're going to love this song or you kind of want to skip it. But I love it a lot. You know, I, I wouldn't take it out of the rotation. I didn't give it too much notice the first couple listens. It was like, you know, but after I kind of did a little research into it and then I listened to it again. So I, need, I need a little, I like I like the little backstories and knowledge of songs mm-hmm. or like something to relate to or something to just, for songs to kind of stick with me. Um, I guess, <laughs> so this song is I ended up diving into Machine Gun Kelly's history because of it. Uh, but he grew up in a house with his father and his aunt. His dad was kind of depressed from a divorce. So he was like real best friends with his aunt. Biggest fan, biggest supporter, always. Um, well, they both end up passing away. And this is the song to them. And he said he originally wrote the song, I think, about his aunt but then mm-hmm. his dad passed away so he was like well fuck it. i'm putting my dad in here too so then this song is like the house i grew up in like we're all together we're all we're all in the same spot um and i think he actually went and asked travis he's like hey like can i do this song like I, you know it's it's gonna be kind of a bummer <laughs> like and he's like it's definitely gonna be cathartic and travis is like you know Fuck yeah. Like, this is... He talks about all the shit he put his family through. Getting arrested at, like, 14. Um, he said... I can think in some interview he was talking about, like, the his father's face when he was, like, in court, chained to, like, a ton of other dudes all, you know, going to court. He's just like, I just can't believe the shit I put them through. And they always supported me and always loved me. And the end of it... The end of the song, the outro, is... He recorded his dad telling a story about when he was born. On his deathbed, too. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was him. He, uh, I, I am drawing a blank now of who told him to go and just ask questions because he'll never get another chance. So mm-hmm. he went and was like, okay, I'm going to start asking questions. And he recorded his dad the, the day before he died telling Jesus stories. fucking Christ. Yeah. And that so actually, that's, that's making me a little emotional. I think about that's That's... It's heavy shit. Yeah, I was like heavy I, shit. I listened to the song before, and then and then I actually like dove into it a little bit. I'm like, oh, oh shit, that's a good one. So, I got respect for him to be at, like that. Takes emotional strength to put that in because you have to listen to the, your father's voice the the rest of any time. You know what I mean? Like that's there forever. Oh, yeah. That that's difficult to, to do to yourself. So, I props, buddy. That that takes that takes guts. Ah, I'm a little clamped there. That that's a good one. So move, moving on to something completely different. Yeah, and then he comes World War Three. That's dude, my first punk song. Yes, Boxcar Racer. It's literally placed in the exact same spot. It, this is the eighth song, if I'm not it's mistaken. The one after the ballad. Yeah, it, it, it's you do a little ballad. You bring it. You, he, he he brought it up and he broke it down. Everything's and then in the just right spot. like title track, coming back. It's a one minute song. 
amazing. Punch in the face. Travis plays his fucking ass off in this Probably song. the strongest drumming in the entire Oof. record on this song. So, again, not much. That it's just, listen to this song and you know what we're talking about. It's yeah. just kick you right in your dick. Welcome back from the sad song. Now and, into a skit. <laughs> and well, so like, and this is kind of when the album turns, like the first half of the album is like partying and drugs and being young and kind of <laughs> dealing with all that. And then now we're going to, and then like, you know, and then you kind of hit that middle. Forget me family, too. Family passes away. Now we hit the second part where World War Three is now all these songs about relationships mm. and He's essentially like his family is gone. He's lost a lot of friends. Now it's relationship time, and you're going to see him try and f- kind of fill that void almost like with relationships. And now he dates Megan Fox at this point. He's Taylor Swifting in a way. And I, I'm not yeah. even trying to do a bit. It's like, you know, people uh, raked her over the fucking coals because, you know, she is an attractive person who was single and dated people. And had her heart broken, of course, because when you stop dating someone, it breaks your heart. So when she, she in turn, wrote songs about them. And then they treated her like, oh, the Taylor Swift body count. <laughs> but here it is, Michigan Kelly doing something similar. And again, I'm not sure neither of them deserve any any flack. There's people, there's just people writing about their lives. So. Yeah. I, 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 T-Swift gang, okay? Fist up. T-Swift. <laughs> uh, so after World War Three, we get a little, um. Just like a little talky blurb it's between uh, Machine Gun Kelly uh, and Pete Davidson. It's called Kevin and Barracuda. And it's essentially just Machine Gun Kelly coming down off mushrooms talking about just the dumb shit. Yeah. It's really not funny. You but hear like Megan Fox in the background, but they talk about aliens. It, but it essentially becomes funny when he says, "Yo, I'm coming down off mushrooms right now." Yeah, <laughs> so it just it all changes. <laughs> and then you, and then like if you've ever done mushrooms, you're like. I've been okay. <laughs> never mind. Well, it's just like you have nothing. You're just like so exhausted. But it feels like you just smoked a pound of weed. And you're like, <laughs> I. You're you're sober, but you're not. You're back. You're back, but you're still. <laughs> you're not. Yeah. You know, you're back enough where you're in reality, but you're also just exhausted. Every now and then, you'll you'll just like lose your train of thought, and you'll just disappear. You're like, oh my god, has it been an hour or like <laughs> two minutes? I've done shit. Um, this goes into Contra for Aliens, which is the second single, I believe. Yes. Yeah. I think it was the second and only single. Let me double check. No, he had to have done a third single. Uh, keep talking. I'm going to look it up here. Right, okay. Uh, so second song. Yeah, this is the second song from the album I heard. Um, I I heard it and I was you know, double sold on the album. Oh, my ex's best friend, which comes up next. Actually, that was the third single. Ah, Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, tr- uh, you know, this song's super poppy, super pop punk. Like, it's cookie cut. It, again, it's a single. It's, you know, this wasn't the one they're building the album around, but it was a good follow up. Uh, I liked it. I think I liked it more than you. <laughs> Maybe because yeah. it's aliens. Also, aliens, a total nod again to Tom DeLong. Um, uh, but I guess there's an interview with Travis Barker where he said that the song was like an, a metaphor for like serious issues of 2020, mm-hmm. which there was know. plenty. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, there's a, a good thing. Machine Gun Kelly left hip hop when he did, because we have, we now have a new hip hop artist who's really going to bring oh. the issues of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Before, boy. Dude, white boy summer. I, 
let's not let that bleed into this review oh, too much. My <laughs> God, the video I, we watched the Chet Hayes, Tom Hanks on White Boy. Did he, did he put it out as Chet Hayes video. or Chet Hanks? Chet I, Hayes. Are you sure it came yes. out as Chet? So hilarious <laughs> sidebar. I was trying to find this video. He uploaded it to YouTube, but YouTube wasn't allowing people to search for it. He's been. <laughs> you can now, but I I feel like. It got uploaded, and I feel like YouTube probably like looked around and was just like, maybe we should go like, we can't let him we, do we this. We should go check like Black Twitter and see if this is okay <laughs> because like they're just like, I don't know, man. I don't know. We should put this up. <laughs> Yo, this video is no longer available due to a copyright claim by Chester Hanks. They're doing him fucking dirty. <laughs> I'll just oh my god. Oh my god. Chester. Reacting on Twitter, one user wrote, I am absolutely astounded by the fact that Tom Hanks created Chet Hanks. <laughs> it, it's, it's wild. It's funny. So they always say that, like, when you have kids, that they will like, they'll end up being the opposite of you. You know, if you played sports and were competitive, then the likelihood of your kid, you know, being like, I want to play chess and like like you know that that's a thing tom hanks couldn't have created a more different person on the complete opposite end of the spectrum in every sense chet fucking hayes chester hennington uh chester fucking i can't I can't talk about him all night. Like, yeah, we got. We'll get back. We'll time to get back to the album because we will Chet Hanks really it's fucking so hard here. Setting who this human is. Yeah. All right. Moving. Moving on. We'll get. We'll, we got to bang through this. <laughs> so <laughs> we have. Uh, we'll just do. Um, the, the, I mean, the last three. I don't have a ton of notes towards the end of the album. I'm not gonna lie, my coffee was running out. You know, but it's also <laughs> for me. I'm not saying it's the weakest portion. It is though. Nothing inside, which is the l- last song, actually. Um, Mad Jimmy World vibes. Like I really second get second to last. Song. Second to last. What's uh, the last one? Um, you forgot to write it down because you coffee ran out. Coffee ran out. Yeah, man. Um, but the one I think I'm looking it up. The, uh, the oh, play this one. I'm gone. I just oh yeah, highlight yeah, yeah. It. Um, there you go. I didn't put it in bold so we could read it easy. Right, but again, like Jawbreaker was the one. Jawbreaker almost carries like some of the same concept of like uh was it kiss kiss or forget me no like all, all i know like you know what i mean just those it doesn't stand out it's still a really good song again near the end here like the concept it, it, eight eight songs those first eight songs kind of all stand on their own and the last four just kind of seemed like they there's a there was a review of the my ex's best friend featuring black bear song uh-huh. and I, I actually snipped it oh god so it's 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 just, it's funny. It's a perfect description since we're talking about how the second half of the album's like, okay. <laughs> um, if you're not on board for MGK's departure from hip hop, you'll likely hit skip within the opening moments of this song. <laughs> for those who decided to stay, you will be treated to a tale of forbidden passion, the likes of which have fueled pop punk balladry for years. That song is very confusing. I think it's about him feeling bad about sleeping with his ex's best friend, but his ex is sleeping with his best friend. It's really... It's you, a, you know, man, you, it, was a, it was a messy, very... should have cut that one. <laughs> very brand new Taking Back Sunday <clears throat> story vibes. Okay. I don't know if you know anything about them sleeping oh, I, with each I other's girlfriends. But. Tell me off air. I want to know about that. That's something... <laughs> I, I want to get into that. Um, but, 
Uh, and that, I mean, that pretty much brings us to the end. You know, nothing inside. I really hammer home. Made me feel Jimmy World stuff, though. An entanglement with Black Bear. Yes, <laughs> entangle me. Entangle uh, nothing me Black inside. Bear. Um, yeah, just that's why I feel like that's like for some reason I have this last. No, yeah, you know. But uh, besides that, I really don't have much to say about the tracks. I'm thinking oh, we covered. We covered the. Okay, I have. I have a note about nothing oh, inside so. that I noticed. The last lyrics, I actually pulled them for nothing inside. It's very, like we said, very ballady. Last lyrics, I'm running low on serotonin uh, in these empty moments. I'm having trouble operating without my main component. Um, that's, that's essentially the line. And this, then they go into this interlude with him and Megan Fox, where I don't know if, like, who's recording who. But they get into this kind of conversation where it's kind of sad yet happy where they're like, you know, where he obviously is trying to fill this void with like this relationship. And he even says, like, you know, you're helping me fix myself, get over all this past trauma, mm-hmm. which, you know, we can argue for days whether that's healthy or not. But, you know, even she's going like, you know, this is like crazy. We have like tattoos of each other and, you know, like you drink and you smoke a lot. And like, <laughs> like, do you even remember our conversations? And he's like, oh, these are burned into my head. It was a really nice exchange. And like, and just kind of funny. It's funny candid. to hear. Yeah. And it's, kind of, it's just like to hear Megan Fox. She's just, very sweet. Yeah. And like patient, especially like. After all the Transformers stuff with like Michael Bay and like just like oh man like you just you feel for her yeah um, it's funny how like she has a few lines in here in this album and it's like it shows you a little bit about her like it's it's humanizing and again I, I don't like that word because everyone's a human yeah you're fucking but but she's famous yeah and, and it's so there's really, a disconnect and just hearing her in the background of the Pete Davidson skit and then here it's like. Yeah, it's like, oh, you you walk around the house and do, you know, just hang out too. Yeah, I felt that. I felt that, so. Um, but yeah, but then like that and then going into the last song, uh, Play This When I'm Gone, which is a song to his daughter, who I realize is the same age as my son. Huh. Um, but it's a sad song. <laughs> yeah, it's... He's done. Like he's burned out. Play me when I'm gone. I said, and I, I, I wouldn't... I'm not going to lie and say, like, I, I'm not a little worried. Like, I hope... He's gotten better from, like, I hope this album was cathartic for him mm-hmm. and not another chapter. Yeah. And, you know, if this means we never get more pop punk, that's fine. Thank you for coming by. Yeah. If he never did an, honestly, it's kind of like, I almost don't need another pop punk album from him. I do. And I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. I want to wrap this up. I want, we'll, let's bring it all full circle. Anyway. Bring it we'll, we'll do. I only got like yeah. four, four notes left. Yeah. Well, we'll just, it's real quick though. Let's, what's your, what's your favorite song on the record? Uh, it's title track by far. And then uh, followed by my bloody Valentine. I mean, I, I was, I, I think uh drunk face is probably my favorite. Um, followed by all I know. And then just, all I know that I don't. Yeah. Know, but I, I love the whole fucking thing. So this is what I'd like to see, honestly. So something I really noticed about this is that Machine Gun Kelly did a pop-punk album. The only major name from punk, pop-punk, anything related to that was Travis Barker. Besides that, he brought people in from completely different worlds, from hip-hop, from arm, from just things that are not pop-punk, and said, come play in this space. You know what, man? This deserves a sequel. Yeah. Go 
get the veterans now. Ugh. Now you go do do this same process. Go get Fat Mike. Go oh get Joey God. Cape. Go get fucking. Um, Please don't take go a get Fat Mike. No, I you have, have to go get. I, you do <laughs> as much as we don't want you to go. You do. You do. Go get. You go get them. Uh, yeah. Do the same thing, but go find six of the greatest in that in that world. Do go get fucking. You don't even have to do pop punk. Uh, bad religion singer. Go grab him. Oh my god! And if god. he doesn't do it, we'll fucking get him for you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find him. I really think the one like that big, would be awesome. Big star. He went and got. Wasn't even on. It was on like a song on the bonus album. Yeah, it was Burt McCracken. Which again, used. I think that would be cool if you just got an all star lineup. Right. I think that was it. Dude, this the the sequel. I, even, I didn't even. Look it was it. no, it was. Yeah. But the sequel to Ticket to My Downfall. It would just be so great if you just. All right, now let's. Do the same thing. You and Barker. Go get every... Travis, you go call your friends. You know, call... Oh, some. yeah. Get, all, right, you, all right, look. You called all your friends on this side. Uh-huh. Go get all your friends Listen, on that side. can you get me the MC Bat Commander? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. He's, a, he's, a, he's very available. Okay. Man, he'd probably do good with uh, Gerard Way from oh, My Chemical Romance. Oh, goodness. He would kill it with him. Yeah. I mean, both of them have been on a journey, so... Come on. Like, it's really... Like, that would be... And that's, like, my fantasy booking, but that would sell. Yeah. That And that would be the next logical step, and that would just be, like, the... Guys, it, it, it can be good again. Give it time. I hope this album inspires some kids to pick up the craft. One more... I, one more run. One more run. One more run on the sun. Tyler, add, add your last bits here because you got, you got some good things I gotta, for me. So, first off, there's a musical for this album. Move out of the way, American <laughs> Idiot. It's like an hour, a little over an hour long. Is it good? I, I only watch a couple clips. It got like horrible reviews. Hey, it happens. <laughs> I'm mean, just not, it's not canon made, to they me. They made it themselves, though. Okay. Uh, like, it's like... The, they pretty much made it this uh, Travis and Shinga Kelly. They like narrate it and they're in it, and it's like it's high school kids. Dude, it's how a, fucking horrible is anything narrated by Travis Barker? Dude, I can't even imagine. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Um, yeah, no. Um, I didn't get. To, I almost fell down a rabbit hole of that, and I just couldn't. It was. It was going to be too much. Travis Barker is a charisma hole. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's all in the look in the drums, and then he they opens say, his mouth, and it's just... They like, say, you know, don't meet your heroes, and I'm holding that strong for Travis Barker. No, because we probably may be like, hey, what's up? What you guys doing? Or what if he's, like, just completely wild? Hey, you know, <laughs> like, holding out this hope. This man had a TV show. And he was boring as fuck boring. on it. I, was, I looked forward to this TV show so hard, and it was so bad. Yeah. Um, all right, so I mentioned the song Burt McCracken. Mm-hmm. I played it for you earlier. It's called Body Bag. Yeah. The intro is spot on exactly like Fall Out Boy's Dance Dance, mm-hmm. but it was on purpose, and they actually went and got permission from the band to use it. Hey, as long as you fuck you pay me, man. That's the only important the important aspect. Yeah, but this was like, I think that was the one like nod that they had to get permission for. There was another <laughs> one. It's a big fucking nod. There was another one called Time of My Life, and... Mm, is it? <laughs> but I guess it was supposed to draw on Tom Petty, but the uh, Tom Petty estate was just like, no, no, this is dead on Tom Petty. Tom now. Petty was an asshole about that when he was fucking alive, though. Yeah. So you know what, Tom? Like, really? A lot of people did steal his. They they did, but Tom Petty was notoriously fucking dude. He tried to say that 
the red hot chili pepper stole Dana California from him. Really? Back up. <laughs> Back up, Tom. Um, may, oh may, may you rest. May you rest in peace. But like, chill out, buddy. There's there's a my last thing. There's a great little. I think it was on Twitter. A video of when he pitched the punk album to uh, was it Interscope. <laughs> It's all the executives, which like any video with like record executives and like, you know, it's it's the room full of everybody and he's playing the album for everybody. Mm-hmm. He jumps up on the table. He's got his chain wallet. He's got his ripped jeans. He's got his chucks, like because complete dyed his hair, like completely changed his look. He's been a rap artist for them for years and then he shows up with this album and it's just on the table running around back and forth doing air guitar it was hilarious and everybody's standing there like okay we signed a rap artist I guess my label hates it I like this oh yeah (laughs) I would I would too you invested a lot of fucking money because like oh my this God. is an example of you're a genius if it works yes if this doesn't work you are Ryan fucking Leaf <laughs> like you you are you're God dude you are fuck I almost feel Freddie like Freddie Adu man like you were just done I almost feel like Travis Barker had to be the producer and play on it for Interscope to give him any sort of fucking mileage with this album. Proof of concept. It really, yeah. I, I had to imagine that. Be, I it's almost like, like a bank being like, or you go to a bank and you're like, I want to buy a house. And they're like, what if like your parents co-sign with you? <laughs> you know? Travis Parker co-signed. Yeah. Why don't you go get, go get your daddy. Go get, go get daddy. Have him co-sign with you. And then we'll talk. That's beautiful. Cause he, yeah. Cause they're on Geffen. So Interscope is probably like, let me let me get a little taste of the Barker. I want a little t- man, a little Barker taste. This man brings it like oozes nothing but fucking singles <laughs> for real. Um, well, good God, we've come to the end of a beautiful hour of talking about a beautiful record. Are we make it an hour. Yeah, hey, look at that. I really, again, was excited. Like it's it's more fun to review things that you're actively let me, excited. Let me close to my iPad holder. Oh fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You disrespect me. You disrespect our family lineage. Oh, you dis- are you gonna put some respect on my name? You disrespect White this boy summer. <laughs> this th- this thing of ours. <laughs> Listen, Tony. Okay, this thing of ours. <laughs> this thing of ours. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Just watch Sopranos. Just watch. Right, can we at least watch the fucking pilot? We'll I did. Do, we'll do again. I watch it again. I, I watched three episodes. You really need to watch this. Like here, maybe, right. maybe two episodes. Patrons, th- this is done. But <laughs> let's take this last minute and a half so I can actually stretch it to a full hour <laughs> to like tell Tyler why he's wrong for not giving The Sopranos a shot, a honest to god fair shot. Look at you when you give Chet Hayes <laughs> the respect that he needs Dude, and has earned. The Sopran- the mob has to has to be funding Chet Hayes' music because no one else is no. I think, no I, one I think I read that he like hit his girlfriend or something. <laughs> Chet, yeah. he's already got it locked in, man. He already he's yeah. already got like the superstar mentality. Yeah. Um, honestly, like I I just imagine like if Michelle ever becomes a famous hairdresser, like the first check that clears, she's gonna just check the bank account, walk over to me, and just punch me as hard as she can right in the fucking nose. I earned this. Yes, I've earned I've earned this right. <laughs> All right, well, listen, guys, we're, we're wishing you all a happy white boy summer, okay? Chet Hayes has really, he's, if he does, if he does release a full album, 
Rest assured. Oh, my God. You rest assured that we will be reviewing it. With as much dedication as we put into this thing that we loved. You know what? You know what I thought about? What? All right. So, obviously, the next album, I believe we said is... The Manson one. Yeah, the Charles Manson one. Yes. I'm, I'm telling you now, my rating system for albums is going to be on the Manson scale. The Manson scale. Is it... Is it better than the Charles Manson album? So, like, that's the middle. Like, the Manson album is, like, the middle. And then it, 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 it's, <laughs> it's like, like they're going to be middle. better or worse. That's it. Okay. So, Machine Gun Kelly's tickets to my downfall. Better than Manson. Okay. Uh, Officially, folks. Hole, Hole's 1991 album, like, Am I Pretty, whatever the hell it's called, worse than Manson. On a Manson scale. It is know. absolute zero. Yeah, I don't know. I'll figure out, like, a <laughs> Manson scale. Maybe it's, like... Bundy, Manson, and then what's like what's like a shit serial killer? God, I don't know, like Ted Kaczynski. No, I don't no, know. no, no, no. That was I'll, one thing. Yeah, it was a bomber. Um, he, he was he was a mad bomber. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure right. out my system. Well, guys, you've made it. You've made it. Thank you so much for throwing the money down. Thing. I gotta write that down. Yes. We- <laughs> Write that down quick. Yeah. Hold on, before I forget it, because I'm kind of tired. Yeah. Uh, but while Tyler's doing this, well, we're going to wrap up here. Thank you all for tuning in. You are premium, so you don't need to hear any fucking plugs, because you'll be back on Monday, whatever other day we drop the content, saying, Daddy, give me more. And you know what? We're going to give you more. Every fucking time. We never fail. We never don't put the bacon on the table. The food always goes on the table. There's always money in the bank account of daddy. There's always money in the banana stand. There's always money in the daddy stand. <laughs> Take care. Good night. And good, and good luck. <laughs> <laughs>